You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. What up, homies? Lisa Bilyeu here with an episode that may save you another horrific relationship. Let's face it, guys. I think most of us can actually admit that we have all had somewhat of a bad experience in a relationship at some point with the wrong person, whether that is in high school or whether you are actually in one right now or just left one. Now, being with the wrong partner can be absolutely catastrophic, if I'm going to be honest. It isn't just, oh, well, you dated the wrong guy and now you move on. Sometimes it can actually affect you, who you are, your self-esteem and everything that you do. And so today I am so freaking excited to have the relationship therapist we all need. My girl Spirit is joining us right now here on Women of Impact with the kind of relationship insights that will actually stop you in your tracks. And in today's two-part episode, Spirit is helping us reshape the idea of Mr. Right and actually exposing the price too many of us women actually end up paying for Mr. He Ain't Right For You, homie. That's what I call him in a way. And we get started with a little question of just self-honesty. Is he really your forever or is he just making you feel good right now in this moment? I know this question stings a bit, but you've got to be honest in order to know whether he's going to be somebody that is actually right for you long term. Now, guys, if this episode, this specific episode has brought you value, if you've ever listened to Women of Impact and me do any interviews, the one thing I know everyone asks, I do, I get it. But I don't want this to land on deaf ears. And here's why. When you rate and review a podcast like this, what you're doing is telling the world, signaling to the world that this is something they need to listen to. And if you really believe in helping this girl gang of women try to empower and be better, then honestly, I ask you, leave a rate and review, my homie. You are doing such an amazing, beautiful service to this podcast and other people that may need to hear it. All right. Now let's dive in to this episode with my girl spirit. So many of us may go on a date Mm -hmm. and we're like, oh my God, this is the one. Mm. And you really think that they tick all the boxes, Mm -hmm. but then a year down the line, two years down the line, they actually seem like a completely different person. That emotion has completely gone. Mm -hmm. So how can you actually identify the difference between Mr. Right and Mr. Right Now? Well, it takes time. That's the reality. And you have to get past the drunken love stage. In the beginning, we already have the boxes, right? He has to be this tall. He has to smile like this. He has to make me feel like this. And the reality is in the beginning, everybody's going to make you feel like that. So you have to give yourself time to get to the point where all of that can kind of dissipate and you can see them very clearly. Your body is literally in a state of just perpetual excitement and adoration. So when you look at this person, it's not really about who they are, it's about how they're making you feel. And what happens is roughly around 18 months or so, that dopamine starts to wear off. We start to kind of get used to the person and all of a sudden people confuse that for falling out of love. 
it's not that you're falling out of love. It's that what you need at this stage is changing. And so at that point, that's when you can really assess. That's when we're getting into all the compatibility, right? And so that's why I talk about the dating period needing to be like an interview. It needs to be those conversations that help us recognize what do you want your forever to look like and where might that fit into my life and where might I fit into your forever picture? And oftentimes people aren't talking about the forever. They're just like, oh, this makes me feel so good. I want it to last forever. And when it doesn't, because naturally we're moving towards what we want our forevers to be and we never had the conversations, we just kind of have the person in tow. We're trying to pull the person back into the picture of what we fantasize about. Never stopping to say the reality of things like, so when we retire, do you actually want to retire? At what age do you want to retire? Wait a minute, I want to travel when I'm in my 60s. What do you mean that you want to continue to work? I don't want our parents living with us when they get older. What do you mean you're not going to put your parents in assisted living? I don't want to have kids. What do you mean that you want to have a large family? And it's all the conversations that we don't have when we're just filled with the dopamine and it feels good, which are really the conversations that we need to have to determine, are you my forever or do you just make me feel good? It's really two different things. And so oftentimes that's why I say in the beginning, you're not dating the person, you're dating their representative. That is who they think you want them to be. And so in order to really understand who a person is, you have to give it time. It's not just what they're telling you, but it's that are their actions consistently, not just initially, are they consistently in line with what their words are? And one of the hard things is when you talk about this idea of consistency, people confuse a person being able to do a certain thing once or twice as that they have it. They have the potential. People will say, I know that you can do it. I know that you're capable of it. You're just withholding from me or you're just treating me poorly because they've seen that person do something once or twice. But I love to tell people that is simply statistics and probability. If you are with somebody long enough, you're going to see the full range of everything, right? Like what do they say? Even a broken clock is right twice a day, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, eventually you will see that. And I always love to give the analogy. I won't say it out loud because I don't feel like them seeing me in the street and tripping me or something. But I like to talk about uh, the likelihood of, uh, of a particular sports athlete who was a huge phenomenon, but was horrible from the free throw line. Like you guys know who I'm talking about was horrible. I think like the average was like 80%, which for somebody who doesn't play is incredible, but 80% in a major league. No, it's horrible. Right. But what that meant was if you give him a hundred balls, 80 of those balls are going in. It doesn't mean that he's a great free throw player. It just means that if you give him enough opportunities, enough of those balls will hit. The same is true in relationship. If you're with somebody enough, of course, sometimes they will bring you flowers if you love flowers. It doesn't mean that they are invested in bringing you flowers because you love flowers. Of course, they'll take you out to dinner every once in a while because of course you have to eat. It doesn't mean that they are committed and enjoy going out to dinner regularly. Of course, they will snuggle with you sometimes. It doesn't mean that they like snuggling and they're emotionally connected. So we have to be careful when we see people 
will give us experiences that we want, we can't assume that we are compatible or that they are compatible to those experiences. We really have to have the questions asked and then we have to have the behaviors consistently back it up. Wow, that analogy is amazing. I love that. So then how do you start to start to assess mm -hmm. what is, I've just given them a lot of chances and you know, it's 80% versus, oh, this is actually who they are. Because to your point, you actually use the word potential and that mm -hmm. really hit me. Uh, many of us actually um, invest in someone based on their potential that we hope Come on. they're going to actually <laughs> live to show. Listen, I was just having this conversation with a client yesterday and I had to say, honey, aptitude is not the same as achievement. Right. And if you fall in love with potential in the same way they have the potential to do that, they have the potential to do a million other things that are never that. And so you have to ask yourself the question, do you want someone who has the potential or do you want someone who's already in progress? It is two very different things. And you don't want them trying it when they meet you because it sounds good and they go, oh, I, I could do that for you. If they're not doing that, that's not who they are. And you don't want to have to bank your entire life. Like your intimate partner relationship is the most important relationship you will ever be in. It sets the foundation for everything. When that relationship is stable and it's flowing right, everything about your world feels right. But when that relationship is the slightest bit off, it can ruin everything in every day for years. So why would you invest your most intimate relationship in possibility without any real track record. You wouldn't hire an employee who wasn't experienced enough. You wouldn't buy a car that didn't have a track record that you trusted. You wouldn't trust your children to places and spaces where there wasn't a good track record. Why would you trust yourself, your entire life, to someone who doesn't have a good track record that's representative of the life that you wanna live? It doesn't make sense to do that. And I don't mean somebody who can talk a good game. I mean someone who has walked the walk. How do you invest forever in someone who hasn't even made it a year? No, ma'am. No, absolutely not. This is so strong. Um, as you were asking those questions, though, I, I was thinking, I think there's a part of the hope, mm -hmm. right? Like, I really hope this mm -hmm. person works out because they're saying the things, they tick the boxes, mm -hmm. and so they're showing the interest, because I mm -hmm. love the idea of potential versus progress. That mm -hmm. was so strong. But then someone in that position, again, I love playing devil's advocate, yeah. maybe like, yeah, but what if their progress started yesterday? Oh, again, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And listen, I am one of the most hopeful people that you will ever meet in life. When I have clients, I literally will tell some of my clients, I will hold the hope for you when you can't hold it for yourself. I will hold the best possibilities for you until you can see them for yourself. And when it comes to hoping that a particular relationship could and would be everything you want it to be, you have the right to hope to your very last breath. But what I tell people is hold on to the hope but treat people according to who they are today, who they are today. I can hope that we will have and do all the work to develop a particular relationship, but I can also entrust my heart and my life according to who I know you to be today. So why would you hope that I could have a particular outcome when you can make the choices to create that life for yourself? 
It's not somebody else that gives us the experiences that we want. It's not the other person that gives us our forever. It is us who gives us our forever. But we have to be clear on what we want that forever to look like. And then we have to make those consistent choices every day in order to take ourselves there. We have to choose our forever every day. And you, every single thing you do, Lisa, if your audience doesn't know anything else, everything that you do is either taking you towards the goals you have or away from them. There is no in between. And so you have to ask yourself, is this taking me towards my forever? And if it is, you do more of that consistently rush towards that, lean into that, nurture that, grow that, scream for it, advocate for it. But if it's taking you away from it, Don't make excuses for it. Don't rationalize it. Don't justify it. Don't wait for it. Don't delay it. Take action to move towards it. And if you have a partner who's not working in that direction, wake up, ask the questions, hold the accountability, not just for them, but more importantly for you. Because we will get so caught up in having a specific person give us an experience that oftentimes we'll never have the experience at all. Because we'll decide, not only do I want that experience, but I'm making the decision that it has to be you to give it to me. And so I will lose sight of the experience in focusing on you. And I will get interlocked into the commitment that it has to be you. So I'm going to fight you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to beg you. I'm going to plead. I'm going to scream. I'm going to stand still. I'm going to try to do all the things. I'm going to try to do your part in order to get me to the forever that I want. I will even tell you, if you just meet me halfway, if you just do a little, I'll do the rest. I'll sacrifice. I know that I wanted somebody who would do all of these things. But if you just do this, because I really want to do this with you, if you just do this, I'll do all the rest. And then all of a sudden we don't recognize and we don't understand why am I exhausted? Why am I depleted? Why am I unfulfilled? Why am I moving towards forever, but it feels like they're moving towards a different one? Yet I stay day after day, hoping that they will change, but it's really so I don't have to. Oh, I literally was going to ask, why do we do that? If Mm. we often, assuming someone's already dated a few people, and then you get into another relationship and you repeat that cycle, what is it that we're trying to potentially fill within us? Is it wanting to be loved so much that we're willing to overlook these other things? Not always. Sometimes it is the story that we tell ourselves. And often we don't even believe that we're worthy or deserving of the forever that we dream of. Right. We've been through so much trauma. We've been in relationships where we were manipulated, where we were lied to, where we were walked on, where we let ourselves be walked on, where we told ourselves stories and looked the other way when we weren't getting the love that we wanted. And it didn't begin in that relationship. Oftentimes, that is a pattern that goes all the way back to our childhoods. Maybe we saw our parents in relationships like that. Maybe our parents treated us in particular ways. Maybe we didn't even have our parents. And so when we are confronted with great relationships, with potential forever relationships, we have experienced so much that in that moment, we actually will reject the very thing that is for us. They'll try to tell us that they love us. You, you couldn't possibly really love me. Or maybe you, if, you, if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't love me. I haven't even told you about all the things I've been through, so you can't possibly. And now I feel horrible because you think you love this version of me. So now I can't even really show up in a forever relationship with you. Or this idea of, I don't, I don't deserve this. And they're going to figure out who I am. 
And if I, if I, if they figure out who I am, then they're going to leave me. And so all of a sudden I'm not focused on my own needs. I'm focused on how to please them, how to say all the things, how to be all the things, how to show up as the things. And I'm never looking for the reciprocation. I don't even have the expectation that you will meet my needs. I don't even know what my needs are because I lost track of them even before I got into this relationship with you. I may just be so happy that somebody like you gave me attention that I just show up really small, hoping that as long as I don't say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or need too much or want too much, as long as this is just enough and I go along with the life that you say you want, you will stay with me forever. But it's not about the quality of the forever. It's just about the quantity. God, that's so strong. Um, as we're talking about compatibility mm -hmm. here and really identifying that person that is right for you for the long haul, mm -hmm. um, you talk about the pitfalls of almost being compatible. Yes. Talk to me about that. Yeah, the idea of almost being compatible, I tell people all the time, it's not the person that's absolutely uh, incompatible that you have to worry about. Mm. Like, you know, the people that you, you they walk into the room and you're just like, oh no, I don't have to give them a, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you just There's know no right way. off the bat. And they're like, well, what's wrong with him? And you're like, girl, I know, it's a no. <laughs> it's a no for me, right? It's not that. It's the person that's just compatible enough. It's like they check so so many of the boxes that you will invest your time and how you know that you are not truly compatible is because you'll be like, they're so perfect. If we can just fix this, this and this, oh my gosh. And because it's the potential, it seems so close. You're so close to having the fantasy of what you want that you will spend all of your time. You will spend all of your energy. You will spend all of your money. You will spend all of your investment of every resource that you have trying to make this fit. And so you look up one day and you go, you know what? I knew a long time ago this wasn't for me. I knew I was sitting in this relationship and I should have walked away. But by the time I realized that they weren't my person, I had already invested so much time or I've sacrificed so much. They owe me this or I don't want somebody else to have all the things that I worked for. I helped to make us this. I helped. I helped support you to become this man. I helped to support you to, to get your credit together, to get your salary together, to get your relationships with your family and your friends and your kids together. Like I earned the forever that you owe me. And so I'm committed and I'm invested. And if we can just fix these two things, but really we can't fix those things because the reality is they are not the person. And so your life is literally screaming to you, they are not your person. But the problem is that change is hard. Change in behavior is hard. Letting go is hard. Healing yourself is hard grieving for so many people is almost impossible. I don't want to let this relationship go. And the reality is we grieve the potential of the forever that we dreamed of, <laughs> not recognizing we were never having it anyway. We were waiting on that in the relationship. We were waiting for the partner in the relationship to give that to us. And so this is the hard part. The brain does not distinguish between reality and fiction right? If you read something, it can be as fantastical as all get out, but your brain will really process it. It will create the picture. It will create the memories. Relationships are very much the same. If I fall in love with you and I have a fantasy of us to forever, I've dreamed about our wedding. 
I've dreamed about our sunsets on the beach. I've dreamed about our laying up together in the middle of the night. I've dreamed about us getting old together. And we may only be in our 30s or 40s, right? So the idea of leaving you, my brain already knows the trajectory that it's headed on. I can't leave you because that doesn't compute. You are supposed to be with me. This you not being in my life, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with myself. So we have to grieve the death of something that we've already made memories of. We have a, a literal blueprint for where we thought we were going. And oftentimes the idea of having to let that go to change a, and go in a completely new direction with a completely new person. I often have people tell me that they think that they're cheating on their ex when they come into new relationships. The idea of kissing someone else or making love to someone else or moving in with someone else or having a child with someone else. And it's because they never saw themselves in relationship with this person because they weren't living in the present. They were living in a future, a fantasy world that they created. And so their life doesn't make space for their reality. It's constantly trying to execute the fantasy with someone who they were never even compatible with. They were oh. just compatible enough. <laughs> what up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself, and sometimes, or maybe very often, doubt the decisions I've made. And so my mind just starts spiraling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it. When it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire, and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high, so you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 20 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free, guys, at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. Now, we've all had that one friend who chimes in with the old adage, if it's right, it should be easy advice when we're having relationship problems. But from my experience, homie, that's not at all true. Whether it's romantic, friendships or professional, all relationships, all relationships re require that you put the time and effort into growing and developing the re that relationship. And the best, most rewarding relationships happen when both people are willing to put in the freaking hard work to make that happen. I mean, that's certainly been mine and my husband of 21 years motto. So my homie, when you do actually face challenges in your relationship, therapy can be a great place to feel heard and work through it. And there's no easier or more convenient place to get started with therapy than 
again with BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is 100% online and flexible to fit wherever and however crazy your schedule is. Because that's the important part, that you can absolutely have BetterHelp navigate your current life with the bandwidth that you have. And all you have to do is answer a few questions to get matched with a therapist that actually can best help you and be catered to you. So guys, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. So go visit betterhelp.com slash women today to get 10% off your first month. That's help, H-E-L-P dot com slash women. Okay, so many questions. You're blowing my mind here. Okay, so the idea of grieving your your future memories yeah. is so profound i've never i've thought of grieving your future identity yeah like i thought i was going to be a mother yeah. i actually did and then i realized oh, i actually love business so much and empowering yes. other people but i had to grieve the idea that i was going to be a mother but um but that i felt like was more identity yeah. versus a memory that you've thought yeah. about like dying with the person yeah. and now having yeah. to let that go like think about you and your husband right you've already seen yourself old yeah you've yeah, already yeah. seen yourself right so the idea if something were to happen and all of a sudden they're not there it happens also with death of partners right it's like it doesn't compute we were supposed to do all of these things we actually may have made plans for some of these things and so all of a sudden when you have to step into a reality that doesn't include them it becomes out of habit, right? I'm used to calling them. I'm used to texting them. This is the time they would come through the door. This is That's why when people break up and they can't move out of the places that they're in, we talk about what it looks like to even just move the furniture around, right? Change the, the way that things look because your brain is hardwired for patterns. Your nervous system becomes deactivated when it becomes used to its environment, but it automatically becomes activated around anything that's new new stimuli because it has to figure out, am I safe here? Am I safe in this environment, right? So the idea that you are with a new person, it activates us, it makes us nervous, it makes us excited. We don't know about this relationship and we really crave that certainty and the peace that comes with being able to settle into a person. And so we will often confuse safety and peace with compatibility and that's not either. I tell people all the time, like if you're in a new environment and you're with a person that does not activate your nervous system, they're not new, they're familiar. Mm. And so if you are trying to enter into a new relationship with new healthier patterns than the old stuff that you used to do, and that person feels like they just fit, run, run. Be very careful because if they fit who you used to be, that means that they are not compatible with who you're trying to become. And you have to pay attention to that. It's so important. Oh my God. It's so important. Okay. Um, there's so many things you said there that I really want to dive into. So first of all, um, how we're talking about almost compatible mm -hmm. and you said that they're fitting certain buckets that they're, you know, almost right. Yeah. Where's the fine line, though, between these are the things that I want for my future. Mm -hmm. This is for my forever. Mm -hmm. I've met this person. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily match everything. Mm -hmm. And you turn them away because they're not, quote unquote, 
perfect. Yeah. Well, the key is they don't have to match everything, right? How I love to tell people, if you care about a relationship that has emotional intimacy, and let's be real, not everybody needs that in a relationship. Not everybody is even looking for that. Oftentimes relationships for most people historically have been about partnership. Do we line up in such a way that I'm going to get a select set of needs that are important to me met and you're going to get a a select needs that are important to you met? You look at traditional marriage. Traditional marriage was not necessarily about how you make me feel. That's why infidelity was through the roof, right? He had home base and then he would go and sleep with his secretary because that's where the fire and the passion was. But his wife was the one that kept the house clean, that had the meals there, that took care of the kids. So it was a very different experience. This idea that now we are marrying or staying in relationships because of how you make me feel and I want emotional intimacy and I want to be able to connect with you and I want you to talk to me about how you're feeling and what you need and what makes you happy and what makes you sad. This is new for a lot of people and a lot of people don't know how to do this form of relationship particularly a lot of men, because they weren't socialized to have to deal with feelings. They were socialized, if you can protect and provide, then you can have any woman that you choose to, and she will be lucky to be able to have you. And women thought, as long as I have a good man who takes care of my house, who is good to me and who is good to our children, that is supposed to be enough. So why am I still unfulfilled? Why am I still drinking every single day in order to be able to tolerate this life experience? Why do I still go on girl trips where my friendships are the ones that are really more important to me? Why does my partner still go on boys trips, not just because he's trying to spend time with the boys, but because actually we're not connected and there's no friendship or companionship between us? Right? These are real dynamics that we have to grapple with in relationships. And so when you look at this idea of who my forever is, they don't have to be exactly like you and they don't have to check every box. You have to enjoy each other. Your forever needs to be compatible with their forever in such a way that it makes you both better, that allows you both to thrive. And I love to tell my folks, if emotional intimacy is what's most important to you in a relationship, then your forever partner should feel like you get to have a sleepover with your best friend every night. Right. That is like, do you like think about when we were kids or even now for all the folks who love to have their girls get together. Think about when you have a sleepover. You anticipate it all week long. You wake up. The day is here. You're like, oh, my gosh. okay. so I have to go to the store and we're going to do this and then we're going to stay up doing this. Oh, and we get to talk about this. And oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Like. If that doesn't happen in your relationship most of the time, like I look forward to seeing you. I can't wait to tell you this. Oh, I can't wait to pick up the phone and share this with you. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to lay next to you tonight. Oh my gosh, as I'm making my coffee, I can't wait to grab you a cup too. Hey babe, can we do, hey, are you thinking about? If it doesn't feel like there's a friendship, a meaningful connection where they can see all of you, where you're not having to hide yourself or correct yourself or adjust yourself. And that's different than me becoming the very best version of myself, right? If they're helping me do that through love and accountability, that's different. But if I'm not enjoying you, and more importantly, if I'm not enjoying me in your presence, Mm. then you are not my person. This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be an enhancement to my life, not a supplement of my life. You were supposed to enhance my forever, not change it to be something totally different than what I wanted for myself. And if it's not that, 
then you may be with the wrong person. Oh my God, the do I enjoy myself when I'm with you? That yes. really hit me because I don't think we ever really ask that question. I yeah. really think it's like, do I enjoy this person? How do they make me feel? Going back to what you said mm -hmm. earlier. Um, but that's so interesting. And do you think that that would then hopefully help us in moments where maybe if we're in a toxic relationship that we're able to leave because we put ourselves first? Because I think about when a lot of people are in a relationship, whether it's toxic or they're just not compatible and then mm -hmm. they leave, there's certain elements of that relationship they miss. Yeah. And so how do you know what the things are that are just not pulling you back to your familiar, mm -hmm. like you said, mm -hmm. versus, oh, actually, maybe they are the right person? Yeah. Well, the reason why people stay in toxic relationships is really because the story that they're telling themselves most of the time is that this is the best I'm going to get. Right. And having some of the things I want is better than having nothing at all. Mm -hmm. I try to help my clients understand the people that you choose to entertain in your life are going to check some of the boxes. You are not going to choose a person that you are not compatible with. So this idea of I'm never going to have these things again is simply impossible. And I try to, we go back to that hope. I try to instill hope in my clients and folks that I talk to all over the place. And I love to tell them, get excited when you think about relationship. Because if you're in an incredible relationship today, get excited about all the things that you can do to make it better. But if you know that you are in a toxic, unhealthy relationship, then I want you to be even more excited because this is the worst relationship you are ever going to be in for the rest of your life. And the reason for that is because if you can find the courage, if you can find the fortitude, if you can find the willpower to walk away from this, you will never choose a situation like this or less again. The next person that you entertain, you will say, oh, I've already done that. You're going to have to come with something much better. I've already seen that. I've already... So anything that you choose after this is going to be better. And what I love, what I love, what I love is if you think about, even for yourself, think about all the relationships that you had, even, you know, if you started way back in high school, like most people, right? We look at relationships and every relationship we go, they're so wonderful. They're the best. That last, if I thought that that was love, I can't even tell you what this is. Oh my gosh. And it's just because we won't choose less than what we've already had. And the important thing is that when you leave toxic relationships, you have to do your healing work. So often what we forget is the thing in between. It's like this bad relationship and the forever relationship that we want. I tell my clients, it's like, take a picture of it like a snapshot. And then I want to zoom in between the last relationship and the new one to see all of the muck that has to be cleaned out because your relationships are a reflection of where you are. And if you haven't done the work to detox from everything that happened in the toxic relationship, to heal yourself, to forgive yourself, to be aware of yourself, to reorient yourself, to rehabilitate yourself, like re-everything you, right? Revitalize, rebirth yourself. If you haven't done the work, then you will choose similar relationships. You'll just make sure it doesn't look exactly like that. Maybe it'll have one thing better. Maybe it'll have two things better. But if you really want to do the work now, who you will be compatible with on the healed side of who you are versus who you were in the unhealthy side that let you stay in those toxic places and spaces. They're really two different people. 
So it's important that you do your work. And don't just jump into the, as I love to say, the rebound relationship. The rebound relationship is not your forever, okay? The rebound relationship is typically the polar opposite of the last relationship that you came out of. It's like a natural gut reaction. We go, oh, I don't ever want to do that again. That guy was so quiet, he never spoke to me. Now I'm going to go and get the life of the party. You know, that guy was so, um, he was so emotionally unavailable. He never touched me. Now I'm going to get the guy who just wants to be up under me all the time. And the reality is we don't necessarily need the 180. We don't need the total opposite end of the pendulum. We need to be in a healthy place, usually somewhere right in between. But when we're not healthy ourselves, we just kind of want to get away from what that toxic thing was. Mm -hmm. And we think that the answer lies in doing the exact opposite. Okay, I, I got that wrong. Let me just do everything different than, than what I knew before. But that's not the answer. The answer is in refining yourself enough to know what attracted me to that relationship. What made me say yes to it? What made me stay in it even when every bell and whistle in my body was telling me to go? Why did I stay? And what do I need to change so this time when I choose a partner that I'm compatible with, I'm not losing myself, but instead I'm listening to myself. How do I feel? What am I having go on in my mind? What conversations am I having with myself about myself, about them, about us, about where I am in my life? How does being in relationship with this person affect me? And again, is that taking me towards my forever goal or away from it? Oh, is that what you call then? Um, I think you call it something like the starter marriage syndrome. Oh, yeah. How to avoid the starter marriage. I always say I got to write a book about it one day. <laughs> I really do. And it's really because we don't learn how to do relationship. Uh, you know, it's just it's painful. Relationships are the one thing that we never learn how to do that we spend most of our lives trying to do well. But if you've never learned how to do it, how can you expect to do it and do it well and have it last forever? And the reality is that most of us really do it based upon how we feel, those initial feelings. And we get locked into a relationship where we say, I love you and you love me. And we just have to try to figure out how to make it work. Not realizing that it takes so much more than love. Love has to be the foundation, but it's not the roof. It's not the ceiling. It's not the floor. It's not the walls. It is the bare minimum that if I don't feel that love and affection for you, then we're doomed if that is a requirement for our relationship. Now, again, if we're just trying to raise some kids or build some businesses or just have an empire or be that trophy couple that everybody looks up to and we make millions, but we really could care less and we have really discreet uh, agreements between us and our relationship is really not about us. It's just about how it looks. That's one thing. But if you're wanting a substantive relationship where somebody knows you and you know them and they are feeding you and you're feeding them and you are one to truly becoming one, then that takes a lot more than just simply how you make me feel. Why do we think then that love is the not just the foundation, but actually is the roof, the walls and the entire house and yeah. then, ah, I don't need new furniture. <laughs> well, I think it's because love is the one thing that we all aspire to. And the idea of having love forever 
is something that seems so unattainable. It's almost like a fairy tale. <laughs> Literally, the whole fairy tale industry is written. Yeah, I was going to say right? Disney yeah, made yes, their money. They ride into there forever, <laughs> right? So the idea of it, though, we have to recognize that there are different types of love and different areas that we love our partners in, and in different ways that we give and express love. And so I think what we have to realize is we love a lot of people that we are no longer in relationship with. We love a lot of people that are toxic for us. We love a lot of people that can't love us in return. And just because you are capable of, of love, just because you want to be in love, just because you are radiating or emanating love, just because you are planting love, doesn't mean that that's where you should be receiving your love from. And this is important because people think, I'm so nice to everybody. I treat everybody well. I deserve a certain type of treatment. I deserve for that person to love me. I've done this for them. I've done this for them. I do this for them. I want to do this for them. Why isn't that love enough? But just because you are planting that love with somebody doesn't mean that they have what it takes to reciprocate it to you in ways that matter or in ways that you even need or want them to. So I often say, give love, but don't expect love to come back like a boomerang exactly from where you sent it out to. That is not always it. And another part of that that's really big is that people don't learn how to date. They don't learn how to put themselves in the right pools for their mate. And so I love when we're doing like the dating stuff. You know, first and foremost, as women, we've got to get out more. I always tell folks, he is not coming to your door unless he is your delivery driver, okay? So this whole goal to work and come home and get up, wash, rinse, repeat, and do it again, you are not going to find the love that you want doing it that way. But you're also not going to find the love that you want doing kind of like the shotgun method where you're just out there. Spirit, I've gone to every bar. I've gone to every club. I've gone to this. I've gone to that. It's kind of like, no, no, no. You don't need quantity. You need quality by understanding who your mate is. Who do you desire him to be? And I don't mean the phenotypical, the 6'5", the brown eyes, the this, the this structure and the teeth. I don't mean that. I mean, at his core, who is he? What does he do? Where does he hang out? You know, if it's Friday night at seven o'clock, where is your person? What kind of industry is he in? So, for example, I had a woman who said, well, you know, I said, well, who is your partner when he gets up to go to work every day? Like, how does he dress? Does he put on a uniform? Does he put on a suit? Does he put on scrubs? Like, who is he? She said, oh, well, oh, no, he's corporate. He wears a suit. Okay, so is he going into an office every day? Is he the boss? Is he the supervisor? Like, what level does he work at? Oh, okay, well, he is an executive. Okay, well, what industry? Oh, um, uh, financing, banking. Okay, wonderful. So now we're getting somewhere. Mm. What do you know about the banking industry? Oh, well, well, what do you mean? I mean, like, do you hang out with bankers? Do you go to banking conventions? When the conventions even come into town, do you like hang out in the bars or the hotels where these things are happening? Do you go to any workshops? Well, no. Well, baby, how are you going to meet somebody in banking? You, you don't like you're not in the pool, right? Oh, he's a, he's a musician. Oh, okay. Well, what kind of musician? Oh, orchestra. Okay, wonderful. When's the last time you've been to a symphony? Um, I I don't. Oh, okay. Well, when is the last time you've been to any musical performances? When's the last time you've gone to a workshop or a class or a lecture? Oh, I haven't. So 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 how are you going to meet a musician? Like, are you going to pick up the peas in the frozen food section at the grocery store? 
Does he even go to the grocery store? Right. And so if you don't put yourself in places and spaces to meet the people that you desire to be in relationship with, how will that happen? And so we have to become much more strategic about how we do that. And is that also um, potentially the reality versus the dream? It's oftentimes the fantasy without knowing how to convert. Mm. Right. I say you can be in relationship with anybody that you want to, you know, but it is what is it going to take to get there? That's back to the aptitude versus the achievement. But the other part of that is, do you have a very clear understanding of what it means to be in relationship with that person? And that's what goes back to fantasy. Right. Somebody who is a banker in finance as an executive at the top. How many hours does he actually spend at home? How many hours does he spend traveling? How many hours does he spend relaxing? How many hours does he spend in relationship with a partner? And are you prepared for that lifestyle? Right. You want to marry a a surgeon. What does it mean for your partner to be on call to have to get out of the bed at three in the morning? and to be gone for 16 hours. You love a man in uniform, you wanna marry a firefighter, but he has to stay at the station four days a week and he's gonna do it for 20 years. What is that gonna look like for you? You love uh, the idea of a soldier, but he's in combat and he has post-traumatic stress disorder and depression and is putting his life on the line and may be deployed all the time or you may have to move all the time. Are you prepared for those things? Or is it the fantasy? And then I love to get into the fantasy. So then I go, tell me about the pictures. Tell me about the dream. What do you see? And we often don't even realize that we have a story. We often don't realize that we have a picture. And so I will constantly orient people to their pictures and then overlay the picture with the reality to see how clearly do they line up? Or is that a very distorted view? And then how do we help bring it back to the reality? Because that is what you're going to be living all the time, fighting for the fantasy if they're incongruent. When you're out there trying to build and grow your business, but you have so much going on in other areas of your life, be it with your family or your romantic partner or your homies, whatever else you've got going on, you need to be using the best tools available to save time and actually see growth in your company this year, right? And that's why, guys, I really recommend that you go and check out Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out, selling badass necklaces online, or scaling your high-end beauty products to physical stores. Shopify's got you covered, my homie, and their award-winning customer support is ready to help you at every step of your journey. Because let's face it, when you get stuck, you need help. Now, what I love about Shopify is that you can make the most of your time and sell more with less effort. Who doesn't love that? Now you actually have time for self-care, which, let's face it, is super freaking important. Now, with this built-in AI and the Internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to take your business to the next level. It's actually no surprise, guys, that Shopify powers 10% of all, all e-commerce in the U.S., That's insane. So sign up for only $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash Lisa. Now grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Lisa. When you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want, it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner. And guys, listen, I totally get it because not all that long ago, that was me. 
I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident, unfreaking stoppable badass in everything that you do. So my homie, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Aloe Moves, your go-to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Aloe Moves has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Aloe Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Aloe Moves subscription by going to alomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's alloalomoves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. Alomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. Oh, and then if you end up getting that person, at least you've almost already laid the groundwork mm-hmm. to then know what that expectation is of how they're going to show up in that relationship. Yeah. To your point, so many people say to me now, in hindsight, now that um, my husband's financially successful, everyone's like, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. <laughs> right. And I'm always like, yes, there's an element of luck of when you meet people. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if I wasn't OK with the fact that from Monday to Friday, I barely see Come you. on. Come ben, on. We have a rule that he just has to kiss me goodnight before we go to bed. See? That's it. Now, a lot of people will th- feel neglected mm-hmm. um, if they were in that type of relationship where the husband isn't coming home at 7 p.m. or yeah. 6 p.m. to have dinner. And so it's the idea of I love and I'm very attracted mm-hmm. to ambition. But mm-hmm. what comes with ambition? It comes with Come on. the person putting Come on. That, that first before you Come on. on an everyday basis. And I'm fine with it. I yeah. actually grew up with a father that was very much in business. But when he was with me, he showed me the love. Yes. And so that is my understanding or my feeling with my husband. It's like yeah. when I'm with you, I need your attention. Yeah. I need you to put your phone down and yeah. I need you to be present. But I don't need you all the time. Exactly. And you have to know how your makeup, i.e. your nurture or your nature or a combination of the two, are or are not compatible with the relationship that you're trying to be in. You were conditioned to that experience. You already knew what that experience entailed. It was familiar and comfortable. So you were able to look and go, listen, I'm a very ambitious, driven person myself. I don't need you to be all the way up under me all the time in order to feel fulfilled. As long as we can do this, this works for us. And because of that, you guys were able to build not just an amazing relationship, but amazing life because your lives are compatible. But had that not been the case, had you been someone who, as your representative, said, oh, yes, of course, okay, I can do that. And then you get married and then all of a sudden you're like, I need you to be home. I know I said kiss me at night, but I want to have dinner every night. I need you to be here by six o'clock. Okay, now, you know what? And I need uh, you to be here on Sundays and and maybe twice a week. Right. And all of a sudden, there are some real hard choices that have to be made. Either your partner has to decide to be less of who they are in order to meet your needs because those needs are not compatible. And then he may become resentful. He may become withdrawn. He may be sullen. He may resent you 
all of a sudden the dynamic changes in the relationship. Or if you say, he says, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to be able to do that. So you say, okay, so now I'm going to have to sacrifice and I'm going to have to be okay with not having the physical affection. I'm going to have to be okay with not having your physical presence. I'm going to have to shrink in order to figure out how to survive this relationship. And it's just not compatible. And that is when we get into that whole quality versus quantity. You can choose to stay together, but that means one or both of you will always be miserable. And why do you choose that? And so many people do choose that. Let's be real. You talk about starter marriages. There are a lot of people who their identity is tied to their relationship status. They don't want to be divorcees. They don't want to be remarried. They don't want blended families. They don't want any of those things. And so they will sit in relationships that are lackluster. They will sit in relationships that check some of the primary boxes and let go of the boxes that would actually feed them in order to be fed in different ways. And so we have to think about in all of our relationships, what is most important to you? And it's not just about today. I love to tell people, do today what your future self will thank you for. Because as hard as it is today, it will be so much harder when you look back and you go, I wasted my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, my 60s in a relationship with somebody that never really loved me or I never really loved them because they were a good man, because they made sure that they never missed a mortgage payment or they made sure that the kids got to school or they didn't cheat on me. They did all the right things and so I sacrificed being happy And I actually sacrificed their happiness, too, because they had the right for somebody to actually love them, to pour into them, to be soul connected to them, you know, at that soul level. But we just sacrificed and we made it through. It looked good. It fit the picture. We had great social media presences. We looked like the ideal family. People looked up to us. Meanwhile, I was always depleted and exhausted and broken and completely longing for something that felt more real for who I was. God, how do you start breaking out of that then? Because as you were talking, I can imagine a lot of people also have the external pressure of other people saying, yes. why are you leaving? He hasn't yes. cheated on you. He's a wonderful man. He's a look, good man. Look how, look how good he is with the kids, right? He, he looks yes. like he loves you. But let's say all those are true, right? Yes. He is a great father and he is a, a good man. Yeah. But that chemistry, that connection is no longer there. Yeah. And then the unknown of, well, what if mm-hmm. I end up being alone for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. And I'm older. And, you know, we all hear, especially as women, your biological clock is ticking. Yes. And, you know, you better get a man before it's too yes. late. Yes. I think it's really interesting because what people want to know is with certainty, I'm not making the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And so they're afraid that if I leave this, what if this was the best that I could ever get? Yeah. Right. And so when everyone around you is saying, hey, that's that's a good part. They do this. They do. They check all the boxes. I have to reorient people back to their own voices because I tell them they're not telling you about your experience. They're telling you about theirs. They're telling you about their version of that person. But you are the person that's in relationship with that person 24 seven. You are the person that wakes up and goes to sleep with that person. You are the person that's co-parenting with them 
You are the person that's navigating in the house with them and feels connected or disconnected. And it's really funny. I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday. I said, you know, especially for men and especially in communities of color, I love to say I am hated by a lot of traditional men. And the reason for that, oh, yes. And, and I totally empathize with them. I understand because I am requiring them to do something that they have not had to do and that they were lied to about. Because we now live in a society that values feelings. We now live in a society that lets us be who we are in our full entirety. And with toxic masculinity, unfortunately, that we and and previous generations put on men, what we told them was literally protect and provide, and then you can have the woman that you want. And now women are saying, no, that's not enough. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to love me. I want you to share your emotional self with me. And the men are like, this is some bull. <laughs> this is ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not, you want us to do everything. You want us to be all the things. And the women are like, well, yeah, <laughs> kinda. Cause like, I gotta be all the things. <laughs> like you want me to be soft and nurturing and take care of these kids and swing from the chandeliers and show up well in public. And you want me to do all the things. And then you don't wanna be responsible for being connected in relationship with me. You say, go hang out with your girls and get it from there, but you better not get it from another man, mm-hmm. right? And then they even look down on some men who have the ability to show up emotionally present. And it feels somehow like we're asking them to to do something that is unfair, when really what's unfair is what we've placed upon them, which is requiring them not to be their fullest expression of themselves, to tap into their own feelings, their own thoughts, their own needs, their hopes, their dreams, to even say, how do you feel? And they'll start to tell you what they think. And I'll go, no, 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 that's how you think. That's the conclusion that you have about how you feel. How do you feel? And they'll get really uncomfortable. Like, look, what are you asking me to do? Oh, feelings, no, feelings are not important. And I'm like, feelings are at the base of everything because that's the, the gauge, the thermometer that tells you how you're doing. And so this idea, when we look at relationships and we look at what we're asking for, men feel, at least right now, really, really rejected by us and really being put upon by having this added layer of expectation. It's like how we told people, just go to college. If you just go to college, you'll have a great life. And so they make all the sacrifices and all the investments and all the money and all the time. And then they get out and they're disillusioned when they go, wait a minute, I can't pay my bills. Something is wrong. You told me the wrong thing. Men are having that experience in relationships with women today because what we're wanting is something more. And unfortunately, they never learned how to do it in their conditioning, in their nurturing. And so we're having all kinds of conflicts as we try to have these emotionally connected, emotionally intimate relationships with each other now. Wow, I've never... That's never really dawned on me. I actually feel bad for men mm-hmm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally understand what you're saying. So is it, if a man isn't able or your partner isn't able to have that emotional um, intimacy with you, do you feel like that that can be a potential deal breaker on your compatibility? It depends on how important it is for you. 
Because what will happen is you'll sit in a space where you feel dissatisfied. I call it dying on the vine, right? It's like, think about the grape that's like full of juice and it sits out there by itself too long and it just starts to wither up and die until it becomes a raisin and then it kind of falls off. If you are a person who needs that, if you are a person who craves that, if you are a person who that literally feeds you in ways that allows you to thrive, then yeah, you're going to have some real issues if you can't figure out where to get that need met. And oftentimes what people will say is, because again, we're committed to the person and not to the experience, we will stay with people if they check enough of the other boxes and we'll go, okay, we'll just figure out how to make it work, right? I have women all the time. I had someone yesterday who said to me, you know, I think that there's a pattern that's happening. She named a whole bunch of celebrities who have gotten divorced in the last year or two, who are, as they go through the dating experience, commenting on how bad it is, right? Everything from their spirit, there's piss in the pool. Like this pool is tainted. This this is not, this. <laughs> I got to try to find in. <laughs> no. Right. And so I think that it's just hilarious. So she was saying she's uh, in what I would say is probably a subpar relationship, but she made the choice to stay because it meets enough of the survival needs. Right. Great house, great car, solid marriage in terms of amount of time, their social network, who their friends are, who the kids play with, the, the bills get paid every month. It meets all of those needs, but never mind that she's dying on the vine. And so as she sees all these women who have left marriages wanting better and as they're going through the dating experience and they're going, oh, it's horrible out here, she felt better about making her choice to stay because she was like, so, you know, Spirit, I want to know, like, do you think that they made these mistakes? And she was really wanting me to like go, yes, they absolutely should have stayed with their with their partners because she wanted to feel good about the choice that she was making. And I said, no, no, I don't think that they made the bad decision. I think that they didn't have the right support system in the front to remind them that there were going to be the bad moments that there were going to be all the no's before you have the yes. That dating and not finding your person is part of the experience. Mm. But each of those experiences has something to teach you. They didn't learn how to date well so that they can have the experiences that they want. And so the dating experience is reflecting back to them where they are in the process. They need to go inward Mm. to do the work to change the strategy for how they are dating. It's not about that there aren't any quality men left. There are incredible, incredible men out here. Half the time I wish that I could like connect certain people together. There are incredible men who want to be fathers, who want to be husbands, who want to come and have tremendously incredible relationships. They want monogamy. They want fidelity. They want all of these things. So I will never say that it's just one group that is wanting something and another doesn't. And that's why they can't find each other. They can't find each other because they don't know how to wind up in the same locations. And then when they get there, they don't know how to show up in a way that says, I'm open. I'm healthy. I'm receptive. Choose me. Instead, we find oftentimes healthy people and then go, there's no way that they could want me because we haven't done the work in order to say, I'm really clear on who I am and what I want. Now let me come in here and see who might be compatible with that. Now let the interview begin. Okay, as you're talking about... um emotional intimacy and then kind of is if mm-hmm. that's important i'd actually love to go through i believe you have an acronym rises why can to be confident and freaking badass 
can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energized, which of course are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right. It will have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? the badass boost of course so guys don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary 
So guys, subscribe to Women of Impact channel today on Apple Podcasts or Supercast. But no matter where you're listening, guys, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or any other platform, make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode, our incredible sponsors and upcoming events.